0: Welcome gamers to basement arcade pause menu the show where we hit pause sit back and just chill I'm your host Ben Magnet, and today on the show I have once again returning from the last uh, uh, from the last episode of pause menu not the quarterly the one before that he is one third of the gamers week podcast ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the show Donnie G retro Johnny how's it Woo-hoo! going bud how's it going Ben how you doing it is going great. You have earned another stamp on your sandwich card. And, <laughs> and when do I get I, my free sub? Yeah, thanks for coming back on the show, man. really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, that. Dude, of course, anytime. Actually, one of these days, I want to get you, um, Ryan, and Blue on the show. This will, That would will be a good show to have one of these yeah, days. Yeah, definitely. I would love to do that. Um, but before we start, oh, actually, well, let's, let's just get right into it. Because we, we introduced you last time. We know what you're all about, except for the audio list, is you're wearing a New York Rangers jersey today.
1: I am wearing a New York Rangers jersey. Now, uh, I have three teams that I root for in the NHL. The Mm St. Louis Blues, they're my tried and true. They're my hometown team. Mm -hmm. The New York Rangers, I've loved the Rangers ever since the 90s, and Mm -hmm. the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, Sorry, Philadelphia (laughs) Flyers, not the Phillies. That's a baseball (laughs) team. I hate the Phillies. I hate the Phillies. The Philadelphia Flyers.
0: I normally hate the Phillies, too but this is the one exception where I will cheer for them because I hate the Astros more. And oh, of course. Er, and if you're listening, to, if you're listening slash watching this, um, at the time of this recording, game two of the World Series is today. It's the Phillies versus the Houston Astros. Excuse me, Astros. I mean, cheaters. I mean, Astros. <laughs> um, I'm a Dodgers fan, and I am still not over 2017. I will forever yeah. be better about that. And, yeah, so right as of right now, Philadelphia is up one game to nothing in the series. So this is the one time I'll ever cheer for the Phillies. But I did cheer for the Eagles because I hate the Patriots more. And that was just (laughs) great to see Tom Brady lose. I I think everybody hates the Patriots. And even after Tom Brady leaves, I still hate the Patriots. Right, right, because Bill Belichick. Yeah, but we will be talking sports a little bit later. Today on the show, we are talking about our hangover – From Portland Retro Gaming Expo, you were there, I was there, so many
1: other things were there. Money I had is still there. (laughs) And Yeah, I spent a little bit more than what I should.
0: uh, Um, You're you're not the only one. I thought I was (laughs) going to be okay, but then... uh, I got other money that I didn't think I was going to get. And I did. Oh, like, right, that's oh good. cool. And then, of course, the Dodgers had to lose to the series against the Padres. So then the next day was Sunday, and that was my already shopping day. And I'm thinking, oh, hey, retail therapy to cope with yeah, the pain.
1: Now, <laughs> now you're doing depressed retail therapy.
0: I was doing depressed retail therapy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, uh, let's start with uh, – so, Donna, you have been – a uh attended of the show is this does this like this your second third time or have you been going for many years already oh are you talking about
1: PRGE? oh yeah prg yeah that was only my second time the first your time that i time, attended okay. was in 2019 uh right before the pandemic the last one yeah that's when prices were very moderately acceptable mm-hmm. um i could have gotten a complete inbox graphics 16 and I'm talking mint it had plastic, the plastic wrap around the manuals all that stuff uh, for 250 oh and I balked God. at it and I should have gotten it now this this next time in 2022 uh, I saw another vendor that had one <clears throat> excuse me that had one and I think he wanted like 400 for it. Uh-huh. so prices were more reasonable. I got more bang for my buck in 2019 this time around not so much things were a little bit higher in price. So I didn't come back with as much. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, this was actually this was my first ever time going to PRG. Okay. I, I knew of I want to say I knew of PRGE and, and this like a 2018-2019, but even in 2018, I wasn't fully into retro video games at the time. I mean, I was very small on Twitter, I wasn't really branching, branching out and doing a whole lot of stuff. I don't I don't think I was writing for anyone at the time. And then once 2019 rolled around and then of course the pandemic hit and I started uh, working on my writing more and I started focusing on like really it was just like missing cons and trying to find out what cons can I go to? Cause here in Southern California we had, or we had a few, but then the pandemic hit. And of course, some of the ones that did survive, it's like, yay. But I must say Portland um, PRGE is the type of show that I wish all retro video game shows could emulate in some sh- way, shape or form.
1: Well, it's funny that you say that because there is one that does, and that is the Midwest gaming classic mm. um, that happens in Milwaukee in about March or April. And it's a fun time. It's, it's basically almost the size of PRGE. They have the same thing where they have a separate room with all of the arcade machines um, and and consoles that you can sit down and play at. They had panels the last time that we went uh, I think in 2021 they did not have panels, but they did have the vendor floor and stuff. You had to wear a mask inside, but it, that was like the first, um, the first time that we were getting back to normal with things opening up as far as a convention is concerned. So, in my opinion, the the vendors, the the vendors, the vendor hall is maybe a little bit smaller, maybe about half the size of what PRGE was, but still a lot of different vendors to choose from, a lot of cool items to see, um, and it's a fun time.
0: Yeah. Um, cuz I remember seeing pics from some of my follow, from my from people I follow on Instagram and from Twitter who I think I also saw some of your pictures from from Milwaukee earlier this year, I could be wrong. But yeah, Midwest Gaming Classic, I heard is such a great time. Uh, here in California, we have like in Southern California specifically, we do have a show called SoCal Gaming Expo. And i'm not okay. throwing shade at socal gaming um on um, the venue that we've had it in is a smaller venue like ontario convention center it's a smaller venue but a lot of good vendors there are panels the only thing that bums me out sometimes is that they are missing the arcade because there was okay. another sh- yeah there's another show in 2019 that i went or 2018 that i went to and and once again smaller show but not only do they have vendors they also had a free-to-play arcade with tons of pinball there were tournaments going around all day and yep. that I was like, man, that's the one I missed. That's the one I missed because I love walking in, not just seeing a huge arcade and consoles, but also seeing vendors and some panels to attend to. Now, don't get me wrong, not to throw shade at either convention. One of them is still going to this day, which I'm thankful for. And the other, unfortunately, had to close, close the doors because conventions are hard. Yeah. But after going to PRGE, I mean, I know it's the biggest one, and I know it's kind of foolish to try and judge other conventions from just from PRGE but that was just such um it wasn't a mind-blowing experience but for someone who hasn't who is now just kind of getting into this sort of thing I have to say it was absolutely amazing and I'm kind of mad at myself for missing prior shows like 2019 2018
1: and so on and so forth yeah I was so 2019 was my first foray into it and seeing what the convention had what it all had with the classic testers the classic tetris world championship all of the arcade machines all of the sit down classic machines that you could you could play the different tournaments that they put on the different panels and of course the vendors that to me was like the mecca that was the major retro video game convention and from what i understand it didn't always used to be like that they started off in some like holiday inn or 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 some very 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 small space and i think it was always Uh, Just vendors and stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you take a look at Seattle, the Seattle and Portland region, Oregon and Washington state, the retro game uh, collection, uh, the, the retro game collecting scene out there is stupid expensive. So I'm thinking that because of the fact that it was there that's what we're that's the prices that we're paying we're paying west coast prices we're paying uh seattle are pacific northwest prices however if you were to come to the midwest gaming classic i don't know if i would have seen some of the same prices um maybe because it does like you said it, it costs a lot for a convention to happen a vendor getting a table costs them several thousand dollars then they have to pay for internet then they have to pay for food and stuff for their staff So them. Increasing their prices a little bit is justifiable because they're taking on so much cost to be there.
0: Yeah. And also, I would have to say the cost and price, because I also listen to a few other shows, a video game centric podcast who they don't complain, but they definitely talk about how bad prices have gotten since the pandemic. Now, the pandemic and with retro video games. It has been a bit of a double-edged sword. It's like more people are interested in playing their older video games again. They're testing sure. out their old consoles from the attic or the basement or wherever. And it's like, hey, I want to relive the days of my childhood. And then it's like, oh, I don't have this game. Then they look up online and all of a sudden prices start going up. Um, more people are getting into retro games. And then the whole crap with WADA happened. And that probably helped with more prices going up. Yeah, it did.
1: Uh, um, yeah. And I think people saw it as an investment as opposed to just a regular collecting thing. They're like, oh, this is something I can sink my money into and it's going to hold value, possibly grow in value because of this one game now selling for $3,000 when before it was only a hundred dollars. Like, oh, let's let me try my hand at the video game stock market. Oh, I hated that. I hated that so much. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Even when, because like, luckily I had a
0: media badge. Because my publisher for one of the magazines I write for, he was able to get me and a friend of mine a media badge, and we were able to walk into the vendor hall the day before it opened on Friday. Yeah, me too. Oh, nice. And walking through, I saw—I forgot what booth it was, but they had a bunch of sealed water-graded games. It wasn't water themselves. It—I want to say it was either the auction booth. I know or which someone, booth.
1: Yep, you know? I know which booth you're talking about. Yep.
0: Yeah, and I was walking through, and I. Saw took a few pictures i posted on my on my instagram and the fake nerd podcast instagram on do you want to pay off a car or buy the most popular super mario nintendo 64 game ever made yeah because mario 64 this booth was selling it for thirty seven thousand dollars that's just stupid. Um, and I'm just looking at this going, what the damn hell? And even I went to uh, Pat Contry's booth um, of the CU podcast to buy one of his guidebooks as a reference book. And when I went over there on Friday, what, a WADA guy was actually trying to, to get top was, I would say, arguing with him or trying to start an argument because he was with WADA. He was like, trying, oh, you, I need to call me your podcast so I can defend WADA and why WADA is good. And he's like, no.
1: Yeah, no way. way shoe i i want absolutely nothing to do with wada or any type of grading you know and 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 i say that with a caveat so Mm -hmm. i have two or three sealed games Mm -hmm. and one of them being uh goonies 2 for the nes now if i were to take that game and if i were to grade it and let's just say i could sell it for five thousand dollars that's more money i can go out and use to buy Games I can play, games that I can open up and actually enjoy. So I'm not a sealed guy by any chance. I don't go out there and spend a ridiculous amount of money on a sealed game or a graded game. To me, Mm -hmm. that defeats the purpose of collecting, of actually playing the damn game. Because now everything I have is all boxed in this clunky plastic acrylic case that you can't use. Oh, I I get to look at it. That's it. So.
0: And even to get to the game, you're going to have to get a sledgehammer because... Not only that you send the, you send the game out to get graded and then it comes back and it doesn't come in with the grade that you want. you have to break the case and send it again, hopefully that they someone else gives it a better score but yeah, anyways, as far as I could tell, the water booth not a lot of people were there, and I stayed as essentially I avoided water like the plague. The places I did not avoid like the plague though were the arcade and a bunch of other vendors and Lordy, I gotta tell you i loved that arcade yes that arcade uh, that arcade was just awesome
1: now it wasn't as big as in years past um but still it did the job it had the necessary games it had your fighting games uh it had uh i think it even had an afterburner arcade machine which was uh on the fritz you couldn't play it uh there was a couple games like that actually but yeah it, it had a decent selection Yeah, I was
0: walking through with my friend, Scott, because I asked my my friend Scott has been to PRG beforehand. And so when I was playing in this trip, when I wanted to go, I called him up as like, hey, let's you've been before. Do you want to come back? He's like, hell yeah, let's go. And the whole a lot of the time when we were walking through, Scott was telling me that the arcade got smaller. But of course, this is the first year back after a three year hiatus, essentially. So there's probably more people there, but there's a little less stuff to do, if that makes sense. But me being a first-timer, I have only have a few California conventions to go off of, and already I'm walking through, and I'm just like sensory overload. (laughs) I'm I'm like a kid in a candy store walking in, and when I saw you on Friday, that was by complete chance. I literally saw your Gamers Week podcast sweatshirt for a split second. I'm like, (laughs) Donnie,
1: is that you? I know that podcast.
0: Yeah, I know this guy. (laughs) Although I feel bad because I do follow Redox and Ducks in Disguise on t- I actually no I followed Redox first I followed Ducks in Disguise afterwards and it completely went over my head that that's who you were with
1: Yeah it, it yeah it's fine I mean I, <laughs> people who don't really post a lot of their, uh, their I guess their faces and whatnot um, you you kind of don't you're not familiar you're not that intimate with with how they look and what you should be looking for whenever you go to a convention like that so it's understandable
0: Yeah. But I, I want to get your thoughts on on like like your thought process throughout the day because I know on I want to say Saturday you were at the um blockbuster video game championships. Yes, how, how was that? Um I own I wasn't able to go. I or I, I was able to go, but I was just running all over the place on Saturday and Sunday. But what happened? What happened during the championships? I want to know.
1: So um my time. Uh, was like 1250 or something like that. And I got there like right at 1250, uh, knowing I probably should have gotten there 10, 10 minutes before, but I was too busy just like walking around the vendor hall, seeing what else I could buy. And then I show up and they're like, uh, yeah, you kind of missed your spot. So we'll, we'll slide you into the next one. And the next slot was like, maybe like 20 minutes later. And I got slotted in with Pat Contry of all people. Oh, wow. Um, But in my pool that I should have been, I think there was only like four people. So Mm -hmm. I might've had a better chance. But I had never played Bomberman 97 or Saturn Bomberman um, prior to this this time. So I went in there very green, not knowing what to do. Luckily, they did have an instruction sheet that was like in acrylic that you could just kind of glance at. Okay, this button does that. This button does that. And this button does this. So I kind of got familiar with the controls, but the strategy had no idea. So I the floor was wiped with me pretty easily and pretty quickly. Um, and then you only get one shot, so if you don't mm-hmm. qualify in Bomberman, you don't get to qualify on with the uh, the next game. So um, once my pod was over, I picked up my stuff and I left. Um, oh no! But it was yeah, it was good on double jump games for what they're trying to do, recreating the Blockbuster World Championship. And I hope that's something they continue to do moving yeah. forward at subsequent uh, PRGES in the future. Yeah, um, even that whole mini Blockbuster experience
0: was something that I was not yes. expecting.
1: Yeah. So if you haven't seen the last blockbuster documentary that was on our documentary that was on Netflix, um, the I, I, Sandy, I can't believe I can't remember her last name, but she is the she's the manager that runs the last blockbuster. And she was there and she got this. Uh, you know, we talked to her and everything. I asked her if she wanted to be a guest on the podcast when um, we asked her, why don't you rent video games? And she said, well, there's a reason for that. And it's because. We wouldn't get them back. So, and I I can understand that if you go out and purchase like you have to spend fifty to sixty dollars, especially on new titles that you want. She does a lot of this herself, where she will buy inventory herself, so that's coming out of her pocketbook. So you take a game like a PS5 game, you go and uh, you rent it out to somebody. Well, guess what? Now they've got to install it, and then you have to have then you have to worry about them uninstalling it from their PC. Or I'm sorry, right. from their PlayStation or Xbox or whatever. And then they take it back to the store, or sometimes they just don't take it back at all. So now that's yeah. a loss that they have to incur. And I completely get it. And you definitely don't want to do that with any type of retro games.
0: Right. I actually was able to talk to Sandy for a little bit myself when I when I was there. Cause even beforehand, when me and my I was playing the show with my friend, I asked him, it's like, hey, do you want to take like a road trip to the last blockbuster? It's about how far away is it from Oregon or from, from Portland. And he's like, and eh, that's about. That's like a four-hour thing, maybe four and a half hours, because we're gonna want to walk through the store a bit. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe not, because also we didn't want to drive the car and go through, go through all four their- hours just to drive to a blockbuster. <laughs> I know, I know, right? But the fact that they brought it there, and of course they were selling merch. I had to buy a T-shirt. I obviously had to do it. Um, the fact that they had that like mini blockbuster there, I was just like, even walking through that small little slice of life they had, yeah, it was literal flashbacks.
1: It was on, a nostalgia
0: bomb for sure. It it truly was because I'm thankful that I grew up going to a Blockbuster on a Friday night mm-hmm. with my dad, with my brother. And the way my parents were able to decide of who got to watch the movie first was by a coin flip. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's how – I mean we both got to pick a movie. So it wasn't like one or the other. We both got to pick our movie, but we had to pick who to wa- who got to watch it first, and it was a coin flip.
1: and of course you know if it's it's a two-hour movie then it's nine o'clock now or it's ten o'clock it's like oh okay i'm feeling a little bit tired i don't know if i can make it to the second movie then you gotta wait till the next night
0: yeah thankfully nine times out of ten they were the movies we rented were like animated children's movies or compilations (laughs) or like compilation or like like tv show episode compilations so they were over like an hour 40 minutes and then i could pop the next one in uh, that's but nice. yeah, just the fact that the blockbuster experience was there and i even knew about the world ch- about the video game championships and i'm like oh what game is it and then i see bomberman 97 for the saturn i'm like i've never played this game before i'm not even gonna try <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> and then the other game that they had was uh i think it was an indie developed game for the atari jaguar um i don't remember the name of the game off the top of my head but the premise was very simple very rudimentary you're trying not to let the top of the screen or the bottom of the screen touch your guy. So wow. it's all, it's a platformer. You have to find mm-hmm. spaces to fall down and make your way from the top all the way down to the bottom. So keeping some buffer in between you and the top and you and the bottom with platforms coming up and trying to uh, get power-ups and stuff like that. But that's the premise. It's very easy. It doesn't, it doesn't change speed or anything like that. It doesn't change direction. It's the same thing, but it messes with your mind. It really does just the the premise of that alone sounds like it's easy
0: to learn, but it's difficult to master. Right. It's definitely one of those games where it's like, oh yeah, just, it's like, just avoid, like keep your dude away from X, Y, and Z. It's like, oh, I can do that. But all of a sudden it's like, oh, where could, what, what else can I do with this?
1: Right. And it's a guessing game. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. know if there's a chance for memorization. If you were to memorize that kind of game, because the levels are, um, So it's like a certain the levels look a certain way until you hit a certain point, a certain uh, point increase. And then all of a sudden the the platforms change to like crayons or they change to rulers or something like that. So it it takes a long time for that level to change. And that level of memorization, I think, is as somebody who's got like maybe a photographic memory, they could probably make it through that. But me, I couldn't. I couldn't do it.
0: no I was I didn't see any of that game, but I did catch some glimpse of the Tetris World Championships over on the big screen next to the arcade. And just seeing people play old school Tetris like that, I'm just like going, how are they this good? I mean, obviously years of practice, years of concentration, yes. years of mastering the game. But I mean, I would, I call myself a decent Tetris player. And like the, but the best I've gotten on like Tetris 99 is maybe third place. If that, and even. I have I never I still,
1: gotten first place on Tetris 99. Oh yeah. I yeah, know someone else who has never gotten first place. <laughs> I'm not alone. Right.
0: But just like just even with the like modern Tetris, the fact that there's like a little ghosting of where the piece goes, I need that. I'm spoiled by that.
1: Yes. You, yes.
0: You plop me in with the original Game Boy Tetris or Tetris on the NES. And I'm just like, What? No, I didn't mean that for that piece to go there. Oh, and my whole rhythm gets screwed up. And also the the whole button is like my saving grace.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. But uh, that's why that's what trips me up about Tetris 99. So Mm -hmm. in 2019, I actually uh, I got to sit in there and watch Mega Retro Man, my friend Mega Retro Man, Paul Tessy participate in the classic classic Tetris World Championship. And that's the one where he actually beat Joseph Neubauer, who was one of the reigning champions. Um, And I was like, man, I I don't know how you guys do it. it. These pieces fall so quickly that like I would never be able to do that. So and Paul's like, yeah, you know, with with some practice, you you could you could be here no problem. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Well, I get home, and then like a week later, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try. Popped in uh, Tetris, started on level 18, and it was like it was just like a rain of fireballs. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's I, I I I can't do it. I can't do it. Couldn't like maybe a couple times. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Then I picked it back up. Then I started becoming acclimated, and I started getting setting myself goals. Like, okay, I want to get twenty thousand. I hit twenty thousand. OK, let's do forty thousand and then getting comfortable with that. Let's try to get one hundred thousand. The first time I got one hundred thousand, I was like, yes, that's awesome. Now I can play Tetris on level 18 pretty comfortably um, getting scores of four hundred, five hundred thousand uh, transitioning, getting through up to like level twenty three, twenty four. I've never gotten above six hundred thousand. And from what I understand, so I'm a Daz player, which is basically you press the up, left, down, right with your thumb. You don't do any hyper tapping or anything like that. You don't hold the controller in a weird way. You don't roll it. And rolling is one of the new popular techniques with Tetris. Is you brace the controller up against like your your knee or whatever, and you invert it, and you're you're tapping your fingers on the back of the controller with your other finger on the D-pad, and that's supposed to register, uh, make it feel like you're actually tapping it really quickly. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> so when the pieces when the, when the when the pieces are getting higher and higher and higher and you're rolling they go to the left and right very quickly
0: i am learning so much stuff from this because I, I would never, love
1: to learn how to roll
0: i that's a technique in tetris in classic yep.
1: tetris for the in classic I, tetris
0: if you put a classic nes controller in my hand and say play tetris i'm holding it normal style like, like same here a,
1: what? Then you would be a Daz player.
0: Yeah, I guess I am a Daz player. Bloody hell!
1: And what I've also learned is that, so when moving the pieces left and right, you actually have to to, to keep your thumb or finger on the D pad. So if you if you put something over to the right and then you you lift up off of it, it loses that pressure, and then the piece that comes down it takes it takes um, a couple more inputs to get it to back up to speed. move over to the left quickly if you don't it's like eh, 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 or eh, 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 and it breaks your rhythm so if you don't keep your 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 thumb on that pad consistently and constantly it'll trip you up
0: oh man i i'm learning something i'm learning so much new stuff today about people playing classic tetris and i because i just got i just took one look at people playing classic tetris and i just i just looked up and said nope and I walked away <laughs> i went Ain't back to happen. wild bills i went back to wild bills to get a refill of my root beer i was just like there's no way in hell i could do it
1: <laughs> that's the way i first felt whenever i saw them play but with some practice you can definitely be there
0: probably yeah practice makes perfect but unfortunately my nes is in there and it's not plugged in yet so
1: oh okay
0: i just if, plug it up yep gotta plug it up but besides that one of the other things i love about i I loved about PRGE is besides the the tournaments the arcade the blockbuster experience and also the video game museum that they had which i thought was great the little pac-man museum they had i thought was really cool to see all the different uh pac-man memorabilia throughout the years um what i also loved was display of consoles throughout all the video gaming Mm -hmm. And it's at places like this, because back in the before times, uh, SoCal Gaming had a display of consoles as well that you can play that you never played before. And for the first time ever, I got to play a Fairchild Channel F and a Virtual Boy. Never played a Virtual Boy, never played a Fairchild. The fact that they had a Fairchild sitting there ready to go, I'm like, well, I have to. And I'm kind of upset about the Fairchild because I had no idea what the heck I was to do i did i was trying to restart a game and i'm like i'm like reading the thing like the tech specs and everything i'm like cool but how do i pick a game how did how do (laughs) i make this because i played a game for a hot second and i have to say it was that controller was so weird i've never laid hands on a fairchild before okay so the fairchild controller is essentially like a joystick but you hold it in one hand and there's like a knob on the top and okay. to like the knob is your directional one to go up down. And I think some games go left and right, but a lot of them were like pong clones essentially. But another way to activate is you push down on said knob and it like registers a button put press. Okay. That's it. Hmm. That's all the Fairchild controller is. It's essentially just like a, like a joystick and you just do that as I'm clicking my girlfriend's pen. And it was, I mean, it was definitely one of those very early 80 games, very early 80 systems that you're just looking at this going, because they didn't know what was going on. Right. But the fact that this was the first console to use cartridges that I'm like, I could finally say I played a Fairchild before. This is, this is cool. This is, I'm playing history. Like the fact that I'm sitting there looking at this, looking at the Atari, there's a Commodore a few uh, seats next, a few seats down next to me. I'm just sitting there going, I am sitting in such a, I'm sitting in a room with all this grand video game history. All these consoles are plugged in. They're ready to go. People can play them that they have never been able to play before. They don't have to. And I thought that was amazing.
1: You and don't have I to unplug to, something from the, from the TV and plug this system up <laughs> and, and do all that. That's all ready for you. It's all ready to go. It's all there. And I'm like, man, this, this is great. This is why I love things like
0: these. And then I went over to try to play the virtual boy. And I'm like, Oh, so that was a Virtual Boy.
1: My eyes hurt now. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. Um, I don't play my Virtual Boy all that often. I think I only have like maybe three games for it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a cool little system. You, there mm-hmm. there, are, there are some people who actually modify their Virtual Boys to where they can play it on their television screen. Where, but yeah, you lose the 3D effect and everything. But um, yeah, they, they, it's a, it's a simple modification that they can do uh if you have the technical know-how it, it should be pretty easy i don't want to deal with that i i don't want to mm-hmm. end up risking bricking my virtual boy so i just i play it every once in a while yeah actually one of the
0: things about the virtual boy that i will say my I did get an eye strain a little bit but it wasn't as bad as people say probably because i only played it for about maybe five ten minutes at the most yeah um the game that was plugged in was mario clash and I actually kind of liked it, but really the problem I had with the Virtual Boy was the controller and not the 3D effect itself. Okay, mostly because I mean it's a, it's a very interesting controller. There's two D pads on either side, and I just kept trying to figure couldn't figure out where but my A and B buttons were. As you, are
1: you rolling away to grab your Virtual Boy controller? I, I am. I'm actually oh, the entire Virtual Boy. There it is. So- yeah, you're right. There, there are two D pads on either side. Um, it mm-hmm. basically looks like, like you said, two controllers fused together. Um, select start A B on that side. But yeah, mm-hmm. it makes you kind of wonder why they have two D pads.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was to help with like the 3D effect or whatnot, but really my only issue was like there are times I forgot where my A and my B button were. And also I've never played Mario Clash before. So I'm you know, I'm learning as I'm playing. Right. And Mario Clash. I actually say it was a pretty cool, different rendition of the Super Mario Bros. arcade game, where you beat, you uh, defeat some turtles, and then the layout changes a little bit, and you have something in the foreground, and then you have to go into the background and continue the level from there. I thought that was actually, for the time, pretty innovative.
1: Uh, I would not know. I have never played Mario Clash. Um, okay. I do have it sitting there on my shelf. Um, yeah, sealed for. Uh, it's, Never popped it open. Okay. I I would say it was
0: pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. I, I enjoyed it, but still playing. This is my first time ever playing a virtual boy. So just even though just like hunched over on the table, my face up on that visor. And I'm just like, so this, and even then I put it, I posted it on Twitter. That was like, I think my most popular tweet from the entire convention <laughs> just saying I
1: can finally say I played a virtual boy. Right. And so right. Many saw people
0: in my So many people in my comments were like, cool. How's the headache?
1: Yep. <laughs> there, there were people that experienced that back in the 90s that was all the things like uh sticking your head in there for like a good hour or 45 mm-hmm. minutes is going to give you a headache um when i picked mine up like maybe six years ago uh, i played it for about a good 20 minutes did i have a headache no mostly a neck strain just like holding yeah. my neck inside yeah but no headaches
0: yeah really it's just like the way the virtual boy is it's like you think they put like a headset like a strap kind of like a MetaQuest or something
1: That's the yeah, you would think a strap would be nice, but I guess that that's why they have the stand. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to have something on your head whatsoever. It's just it's a stand. That's it. You can adjust the stand. There's no height adjustment, which sucks. But putting your face in this thing. Yeah, you're gonna have to hold it like that. And that 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 causes some problems. Yeah, I as I was playing this I cuz
0: right before I went for to Portland I was visiting some friends of mine and uh a friend a fr- another friend of a friend brought in his VR headset and yeah, wearing that thing compared that to a virtual boy we have made leaps and bounds from the virtual boy yes we have but even but not to throw any shade at this console cuz obviously when Nintendo tried this gimmick they thought it was a good idea and they eventually brought the 3D back with the 3DS Although I'm still kind of like, you know, you could have done some cool stuff with the Virtual Boy games, like remade those in a Virtual Boy collection. That was a missed opportunity,
1: Nintendo. Definitely. That was something they could have done. I don't know if it's um, I don't think you can do something like that on the Switch. Um, Maybe they just the it's it's not worth it. It's not worth the time or the investment. So,
0: well, then, of course, you have you hear a lot of people say, I mean, it's probably one of the reasons why they made the two DS because people have said they play their 3ds with the 3d functionality off yeah so i mean that's just me just being a little bitter because it's because i've heard some great games on the virtual boy but they've never been released elsewhere or they can't be released because the way the virtual boy was
1: i think that's the that's the reason why um yeah but with with people who take their virtual boys like i said and they modify them then and make them to where they can play it on their televisions yeah, you lose the 3D effect, but there are still some games out there that are that are perfectly fine without the 3D effect.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: definitely. Like I could I could definitely see
0: like Mario Clash being a tile that you could play in either 3D or 2D and it would have and it wouldn't affect it negatively. But and also Mario Tennis, I mean that's on the Virtual Boy, yes, but you also you have Mario Tennis on
1: how many other consoles? You're you're not wrong. And I think the other platformer game that might be beneficial is uh is a Wario game that's yeah, on that one. Boy yeah that i heard i've heard great things about that wario game so have
0: i yeah but unfortunately that was uh, i probably could have played it because there was a sign that says if you want to play a certain game ask that there's like these people in the middle of the console area okay And they had all these crates around them so i assume that's where they were holding the spare games nice so if you want if you wanted to play a, def, a different game you can go up to them and say hey I'm playing an Atari Jaguar. Do you have Alien versus Predator on the Atari Jaguar? And they're like, yeah, sure. They'll walk over you, swap the game, walk back.
1: Yeah, because they, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they had the consoles in cages. So the they cages did were not. In, like, they, the consoles oh, were open. Okay. In at Midwest Gaming Classic, I remember mm-hmm. specifically that consoles were in cages, so okay. you couldn't you couldn't have access to the individual games. And I like that as a security feature because obviously there are some nefarious people out here um, that would take something from a convention like that. If it's like, oh, can I can I play um, Red Alert on the Virtual Boy or, or Red Alarm? um let me play that one and that's i think is one of the most expensive games on or jack bros like can i play jack bros next thing you know your copy of jack bros is missing from the convention
0: yeah yeah that and actually to be and also i'm kind of surprised that they had all those consoles open but there was a sign that says don't no drinks on the table but there were a few people who had water <sighs> bottles i thankfully my wild bill was like because i bought a wild bills mug i caved i had mine <laughs> on the floor right between my feet i'm like this sucker is not going anywhere because especially when i see a line of atari 2600s i know 2600 is probably not that expensive but then i look at a fairchild there's a commodore a genesis and of course a dreamcast and a gamecube i'm looking at these older consoles i'm like these things are getting up there in age especially the atari and the early atari stuff i don't want these things to die so that goes down there and I am, as far as I can tell, there were no problems, but that's, uh, I was only there for a hot second. So I don't know if anything else happened. I God, I hope well, not.
1: Hopefully it didn't, but there pro- it probably did. There's going to be yeah. some, some child or some adult man child that just doesn't listen. And they end up like, like looking around like, what? Uh, uh, and then knocking something off. And there you mm-hmm. go. It ruins everything for everybody. Yeah, True. Well, if
0: the our, if the consoles are still there next year, we know everything's OK.
1: Absolutely. Fingers you can left. always find a replacement Atari 2600.
0: That you, that you can <laughs> or at least pl- or at least plug in a clone console or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so besides the, besides the arcade, what was some of the things that you saw at the convention that surprised you and you didn't think was going to be there? If you, could think, if you could think of what, because there were definitely a few things that I saw that I'm like, huh, I was expecting that. I'm very happy
1: it was here. I don't think there was anything that I wasn't expecting. And that was because, uh, like I said, I had attended a couple of years before. Mm-hmm. And then the other video game convention that I saw, uh, the Midwest Gaming Classic, it definitely prepped me for what should be at PRGE. So there wasn't really any surprises that, that stood really? out to me. Yeah. Okay. No, so give me one of yours.
0: My, one of my surprises was this company out in Brooklyn that makes vinyl
1: soundtracks of video games. Okay, all right. So then, okay, so yeah. now you're talking specifically about vendors and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that yeah, definitely that was pretty cool. Um, okay. but really we, I guess when you when you when you get down to it, if there's an opportunity to make something for for people like especially us retro video game collectors, I think that somebody's going to take that opportunity. So, yeah. uh, it 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 did surprise me that there was an item like that, but it didn't.
0: Okay, yeah, because for because I knew that there were video game um, for I knew there were video game uh, soundtrack companies that people make soundtracks for video games all the time. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't expecting vinyl, and what surprised me were the types of games that are the types of soundtracks that were available. I'm talking Mega Man Legends. Legends 2, a few yeah. other uh, Breath of Fire was a big one that they had. Uh, you have like uh you have indie games which have been also praised to high heaven for their soundtracks, like Celeste. Um, I don't there was another game that was there, but I'm but I know Cel- they had a few copies of Celeste, they had a few variant copies of Celeste, but the ones that of course I automatically went to was Mega Man Legends and Mega Man Legends 2. And I was just like, pe- thank god, people are still they still have love for the legends games, but also like, Oh my God,
1: these are licensed. These are official. Right. What the hell? It's not like some, some fledgling company is taking the music that they don't own the rights to putting it on a CD, putting it on a record and then selling it or somebody who would take a t-shirt and put mega man on there and sell it. And like, Oh, I get to keep all this money. Yeah. I don't have the license for mega man, but I mean, I don't really own a company. So are they going to stop me? So, at least they officially got the license for the music.
0: Yeah. That, that to me, that was just like, oh man, this is amazing. Mega Man Legends. But unfortunately, because A, I don't have a record player, but my biggest problem at PRGE this year had nothing to do with the vendors, has nothing to do with the convention itself. My biggest problem was the luggage I brought with me, because all I brought with me was a hard shell carry on case and my backpack that's it i know your pain so unfortunately there is quite a few people and also i bought i think i bought more books than i did video games who buys a book at a video game convention i do i'm the nerd (laughs) no you know what that's another thing i really liked i liked how there was other forms of media about video games at this convention than just video games
1: true True. True. You had uh, you had movies. You had uh, records, vinyl, books, all that stuff. It was it was really all encompassing. Yeah, and I was like, there are a bunch of places, a bunch
0: of um like self publishers, smaller publishers. Um, one who writes. There is a gentleman who works for the or who helps write for the magazine or one of the magazines I write for, and I bought one of his books. And there was one company that I was really bummed because they had a. You might have seen these guys, but they had this um the collector's field guide to video game consoles you know okay. it's, this, it's this nice book it's about like yay thick it's like 200 400 some pages of really good information about all these different video game consoles for people to go out and hunt down and collect and I look at this I'm like this would be a great reference book for me to have and I'm talking to the guy who wrote it and I'm telling him it's like I want this so bad, but I can't. And he's like, oh, I'll knock like 20, I'll knock 10, $15 off the price tag. And you want me to be on your podcast? So I'll do the deal. He was trying to de- give me a deal. And I'm telling him, I was like, oh no, good sir. It's not a matter of, can I afford it? I know I can afford this. I probably shouldn't, but I know I could put the money down. The problem is, can I get this home safely? Because uh, yeah, I don't have, Because I don't have the backs I saw so many beautiful pieces of art Even um, over by Ground Control The arcade that they had a little booth for They had a beautiful poster That I wanted to put in this Open void space right here In the loft There was another cool poster Of of the official PRGE Art Mm -hmm. that I wanted to get I just It just wouldn't fit And I
1: had to go on a plane to get back home To Southern California Same here um, I, I went out there with the explicit plan of packing another bag inside my suitcase. So I folded it up, mm-hmm. stuffed it in there with my clothes, with the intent of filling that particular bag up if I needed to. And I was going to check my bag that had my clothes in it. Well, luckily, everything I bought was able to fit in my uh, my laptop carrying case and my, my, my luggage. Uh, there was one thing, however, that wasn't going to fit. And that was the Primal Rage um banner that i bought poster vinyl banner that i bought at the auction on saturday night that thing was like i hold out my hands and it's like that's how wide it is and it's about this tall and rolled up there was no i was like i was thinking maybe i could get it on the plane and put it in there but i was like no it would not fit i would have to fold it and i'm not going to do that so i had them ship it And it's, it's actually, it's, it's right above here. It's right above my gaming uh, shelf over on this side. Um, But I do feel your pain going out there, not knowing what they have, not knowing what you're going to come back with and not having the extra space. One of the vendors I spoke to, uh, he was telling me how, like he, he had, whenever he first started, he had gone to places. um, And even not just with video games, but with like action figures. So he went to a store one time and the guy's like, yeah, we're closing and and I'm going to you know, be selling all this stuff at, this, at a discount. And he's like, well, he looked over the store. He's like, yeah, I'll take it. He's like, what do you want? He's like, I want all of it. And he's like, uh, what? He's like, yeah, I want all of this stuff. So what kind of dealer are you going to get me? And the guy's like, I'm in Ohio. I don't live here. So I got to figure out how to get all this stuff back. So he goes to Target and buys like several pieces of luggage, specifically just to haul all his stuff that he just bought back home
0: yeah my girlfriend and i we joke i mean we joke but we also were dead serious about when we finally are able to travel to japan we're gonna bring (sighs) like an empty like we're gonna check in a luggage but one of them is gonna be complete but we're gonna each have like a luggage or two extra uh luggage pieces like the big ones Mm -hmm. they're gonna be completely empty when we when we go from la to
1: japan and when we come back, they're going to be chock full of souvenirs. This, I'm the same way. I've always wanted to visit uh, Japan. My wife and I have been talking about it for the past like two years. I think it's something we're going to do uh, in the near future. But the, so many different video game stores to visit um, and get stuff on the cheap, on the super cheap. I super am all for that. Oh,
0: super Potato, the Pokemon Center, um, just anything in and Nakiabara essentially that's like that's the dream right now yep is to go to japan that's Um, my mecca that mine too mine too buddy mine too (laughs) (laughs) but even with the prge i would say i saw so many great things at prge but then i saw i also saw things that i was definitely outpriced for and it kind of bummed me out um my serotonin i call it my serotonin buy it was this was like the big like the, the big purchase I made to uh, after the Dodgers lost was a copy of Pokemon Fire Red. OK, so I got a copy and I was looking around. Is was, it was going to be Fire Red or Emerald for the GBA? And I thought, OK, I know Pokemon games are expensive. Don't know why, but they still are. If I could find a loose copy of Fire Red for maybe $70, I'll be OK with that. I didn't find anything under 90 oh. I saw I found over 90 and I was like you well, know what 90 is probably the best price I'm gonna get it at so I got it for 90
1: again you're you're at a convention where they have to upsell a little bit or or increase their prices a little bit to pay for being mm-hmm. there so I get it yeah
0: but also I one of my one of the pieces i want as a collector's piece I'm okay with it being loose I don't need it to be in the box was 10 gen Tetris for the NES
1: Oh huh? yeah, I have that.
0: Yeah. I found one booth that had it. I think it was, I remember that booth. It was he was selling it for like 120 bucks. I'm like, can't do that. Too expensive. Yep. And I think I saw it on eBay for 30. So I'm like, oh yeah, I could pay $30 for that game. <laughs> haven't haven't seen it since. Haven't right. seen it since. And I'm like, son of a bitch.
1: Now I think, and don't quote me, but I think we are seeing video game prices starting to dip oh, and you're, not hope, the only
0: one who's, you're not the only one who's thought that
1: okay i hope no, so i hope for uh, going forward we we see mm-hmm. prices d- d- drop significantly and i'm okay with that as somebody who yeah. has a a significant video game collection i'm okay if the prices go down a little bit because that's going to allow me to buy a lot more
0: yeah and i apologize that's uh, the way i said that sounded a little mean i i'm sorry i did not mean to sound mean uh, no no you
1: didn't i didn't take it. Yeah. Okay, offense.
0: Okay uh sorry sometimes our brain goes that way it's like wait did you say that in the next <laughs> <laughs> no my i
1: didn't apologies. take offense to anything you said All right.
0: but yeah um i am hoping the same thing happens as well i'm really hoping these prices start to go down because i would like to buy more games i even know that me buying games my backlog is just constantly staring at me it's like dude, yeah, same buy. um but there are definitely some games that i would have preferred or not preferred But there were some games that I was really itching to get. I was trying to find um, Luigi's Mansion because a Twitter friend of mine, I think she's a Twitter friend of yours, too. Princess Sparkle Bunny, Amy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was giving me crap because I never played
1: Luigi's Mansion before. I had never played the original one. Um, I played the one on the Switch. I played the Luigi's Mansion 3 with my kids, which is a fun game.
0: I haven't played any Luigi's Mansion and I mentioned this to Amy and then she mess. I, I don't know if she like calls me out on Twitter or DMs me, but she's like, you need to play Luigi's Mansion. I'm like, all right,
1: I'll look for it <laughs> at the show.
0: And I'm thinking I don't have a GameCube. Unfortunately, I've never owned a GameCube. I had a Wii at one point in time, but I was not smart and I did not get a bunch of GameCube games. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I do think there's a 3DS remake. So there's Dark Moon and the original that was remade for the 3DS. So I'm like, okay. I would I'll try, I'll get Luigi's Mansion. I'll find I'll try and find the first Luigi's Mansion and I'll play it, see if I like it. Then I'll get Dark Moon, then I can play Luigi's then I'll play Luigi's Mansion 3. I'm weird sometimes when I play games I have to play them in order. Okay. Um sometimes there are other times that doesn't apply. So yeah. <laughs> I find what so during my like air quote networking day, because Saturday was the day I was good to go through the invention, network. Give people my business card, talk to people, try to get them on the show and do all this and get stuff to write an article to write stuff for the many things I do. And then Sunday was the day I shop. I found a few places with Luigi's Mansion. I didn't check the price tag, but then on Sunday I come in, I'll go try to find it. They're gone. Yeah. And I'm like, damn it. I wanted that. <laughs>
1: There, there's benefits to shopping on Sunday. Obviously you have vendors that are willing to come down on their prices. Um, There's a lot of stuff that they don't want to take back, but there's also benefits to uh, having a media pass and getting in the floor before everything opens to the public. Because if you spot something that you want and it's at a decent price, there you go. You, you have the benefit of that. Um, What you got there. I got So these aren't Legos, but it's like the, um,
0: you might've seen these around, they're kind of like the little Pokemon nanoblock things that's hanging out. Okay. So it's essentially it's a uh, pixel art, but this is classic Sonic the Hedgehog in the pixel art. Box is there. The bag is completely sealed. Um, I saw this and the guy was selling it for $15 and I'm like, I gotta get it. And he was able to sell it to me before the show opened. Pat's book, it's right over there. He sold it to me before the show opened. And I'm like, this is great. I love this. Having a media yeah. is awesome.
1: <clears throat> it yeah, is definitely this was, a, a nice benefit
0: yeah because this was the only i think this was the only thing i bought on friday i could be wrong but i was just looking through and i saw this little this pixel brick i'm like i want that how much is that oh that's 15 done
1: yeah i uh i, I think i ended up buying donkey kong jr math on friday uh from a vendor uh it was the same one that told me the story about him buying that uh, the action figures um yeah. yeah he said he was liquidating his entire collection mm-hmm. um he's getting out of it and i was like well i might be back for this donkey kong junior math and i think at, at the time it was priced for like 160 and okay. he's like well shoot me an offer i'm like i was like oh, shoot you an offer you know i, I hate it when people say that because me as a collector i wanted to get I want to get the item for as cheap as possible. You mm-hmm. being a seller, you want to get the most money out of it. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I, I'm not going to insult him by saying, oh, a hundred bucks. Um, you know, so I, I shot out an offer of like 140 because I was like, ah, like 150, probably that's that's comfortable, but like, let me see if I can get a little bit cheaper. I was like 140. He's like, all right, we'll do it. I'm just like, uh, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it right now. I was like, shh, crap. Um Okay, I mean I I do have cash, but I it's like none of their stuff was up yet, the internet wasn't working for any of the vendors, so they couldn't do uh, electronic payments or anything like that. So I'm like, uh, this is too good of a deal. He already said yes. I was like, "Oh, there you go. I'll take it." So now I own Donkey Kong Jr. Math. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um there was definitely There was definitely, uh, ah, man, there were so many impulse buys. Like a bunch of the books I have right here, there were damn impulse buys. Um, I want to say the one game that, I wouldn't say it burned me, but a game that I was just casually looking for was the Pokemon trade card game for the Game Boy Color. Okay. And I saw, I want to say it was SideQuest. SideQuest had it for $30, I didn't really get to. Uh, it was in the case, but I thought thirty dollars. All right. I mean, the, the it was loose, right? Loose, yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, if it was CIB. I was stole it. <laughs> well, yeah, because I was on a whatnot auction yesterday, and some guy was selling a the, uh, a CIB copy of that, and I think it went for over two hundred bucks or yeah. one ninety or something like that. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, it was loose copy. I was my okay. with my with
0: my Game Boy games. I'm okay loose um so i got it loose and then later on the convention i'm looking at another vendor they had the same thing better looking label 28 dollars. i'm like okay two dollar price difference that's not that bad i find another i find it again somewhere else for 25 dollars. i'm like god damn it that's
1: why you always gotta look that's the the thing it's a double-edged sword you see the game that you want it's got a price tag you're like oh i really want this game do i go and look around a little bit deeper to see if somebody's got it for cheaper or do i just bite the bullet and and take the risk that somebody else is not gonna see it and like oh yoink. I bet so, the bullet. Yeah, it, I, it's done that to me too.
0: I I, I bet the bullet and no no shade no shade to side quest. They did give me a, a good game. The game works, although I did find a not only that, that's the game I've been playing the most since I came well, home with it. And it's weird because I never played the I'm writing an article for it on go about it on Go Nintendo right now. But I'm sitting there playing this card game video game. I'm like, normally I hate card game video games, but this is really fun and a very easy way to teach people how to play the Pokemon training card game. Because as a kid in the 90s, I didn't. Sorry, flash my 90s shirt right now. As a kid (laughs) grew up in the 90s at the peak of Pokemon, I didn't know how the fuck to play the Pokemon card game. We just bought the cards and showed them off.
1: Yeah, I was. Uh, I played Magic: The Gathering in the '90s uh, er, when it came out, since beta. So I've been a player since, of Magic since beta. And then when Pokemon came out, I was like, "What is this? Like, what is this child crap?" I was like, no, nope, I am steering clear." And I could, I could have, I could have, I could have purchased original, initial booster packs and stuff like that. But I steered clear of it, and now I'm kicking myself in the ass. I am, I unfortunately, what became a bit of an edge lord. I mean.
0: My co-host, Ryan, on the Fake Nerd Podcast, he told me he saves his hollows, but he threw all of his other cards in a fire once, just Ooh. because, you, you know, Teenage Edge phase, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: He kept the expensive ones, but he threw the other ones in his garbage. I think my original collection of cards, I either just sold at a garage sale or gave away, I don't remember, but I never had an original Charizard. My girlfriend has original Charizard, Ooh. And I'm upset because I never pulled a Charizard. And now that I'm playing the Pokemon TCG game for Game Boy, and, excuse me, and I'm seeing all these Pokemon cards on YouTube. I'm starting to fall into a rabbit hole and I'm looking at these card packs and I'm like, I kind of, but I shouldn't. Right.
1: Now, hopefully she has that Charizard in like a one touch or an acrylic case or something like that and has a protective it's um, it's in a
0: it's in a sleeve with other cards, but um it's not like a super it's not it's not one of those super expensive Charizards. Okay. But it, it's okay. still a char it's still a Charizard from the nineties, which I mean it's up there, but it's not the up there,
1: if you know what I mean. It's not the Charizard. Uh and I think I remember you uh you mentioning something like that on Twitter about like, oh, I'm playing a trading card game or something like that, right? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, totally. All
0: it was okay. the, it, it was the Pokemon one, and I'm just like why the F is this so fun for me now? This is weird. <laughs> I mean, as I got older and I started playing more card games, I mean, I learned how to play magic in high school. And then one of my best friends really got into magic and didn't have anyone else to play. And he roped me into playing because just to have someone to play with. And then I'm like, yo, this is actually kind of fun. Then my roommates were really good. Then I got back into Yu Gi Oh! and all this other stuff. It's like,
1: damn it, card games, why? The card crack is expensive Um, for me. Like I I learned this too late in life with trading card games is to just go after the singles, spend Mm -hmm. the money, go after the singles of what you want. Stop playing the lottery on trying to rip open that expensive card in the packs, like spending three to $4 on the pack and getting absolute junk. Spend the extra money, spend, take that $4. If you're that card you wanted was, was $15. Guess what? You just wasted it. Now you don't have the card. Yeah. Take the money, buy the single card. There you go. End of story. Yeah,
0: there's a Charizard out of this. I mean, there's also like the high you get when you draw when you pull a super rare card. Of course, absolutely. I, I, I will not I will not lie because the Charizard that I want is like the 25th anniversary one, so it should be like, I don't know, five-ten bucks at most. Hopefully it's not super expensive. But I'll totally I'll be okay with owning that Charizard. But there was one time where me and my buddy because we have like these, they have the oversized Pokemon cards, mm-hmm. and when you buy the a pack of starters, it also comes with two booster packs of the TCG. And the first pack I get, I got like I want to say I got my the Jodo starters, and I'm like, okay, I haven't opened Pokemon cards since I went to Detective Pikachu, and they gave me a, a, a three card pack. So you know, like, nice. okay, might as well. I pull like this super or this rarer Rayquaza full art card, and I'm just staring at it going. Oh no. The thrill. The thrill of pulling a <laughs> rare card. It's, it's got, got its hooks in you. Yeah. It got me. It's dangerous. It is it is extreme. There's one time I even told my girlfriend that like, hey, I'll buy us some uh Pokemon Go booster packs to see if we could pull a Ditto. Didn't pull a Ditto, but we still had fun playing. Yeah, cards. there you go. But you are absolutely right. Card crack is very very dangerous. And even seeing that there was a lot of Pokemon cards for sale at PRGE, it's like and now it kind of makes sense because I I don't know if this was the same if this was the way back at 2019 or even at PRG's, uh prior, but now that TCGs like Pokemon, I think there was a few Yu Gi Oh games, uh, Yu Gi Oh uh, um, sellers yeah. there as well. But with mostly Pokemon, how that Pokemon, even the the train cards have also made their way into the retro gaming scene is still like this wasn't a thing now back then. You wouldn't see this at a gaming convention. Now you do. It's like, where's the Pokemon cards? Oh, we got like 20 sellers over that way.
1: Yeah. And I think that's because the, with the whole grading thing that took off um, and cards have been graded for the longest time. But, but but other companies recently started to do trading card game grading.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I, I think that's the reason why you now see it at any avenue that they can to sell it. They're going to take it. So that's why you're seeing it at video game conventions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And is it weird that I'm okay with with comic books and trading cards getting graded, but I'm not okay with video games getting graded?
1: I, yeah, I'm the same way. Um, I have a couple of graded comics that I sent in myself, but for the most part, all of my entire comic book collection is ungraded. And you know why? Because mm-hmm. I can I can pop open a bag, take out the comic, feel it in my hands, read the comic and put it back. And that's something I, lo- I, I really like to do. Uh, if I were to take all of my comics and grade them, then i don't have that luxury anymore yeah i could i could go digital i could read a comic digitally but it it doesn't replace the feeling of holding it in your hands flipping through the pages and reading it that way and that's the that's the best way that i like to experience it the same thing with video games like uh, we talked about earlier uh if you have a sealed game sure go grade it sell it to get the money to buy more video games um when people do this with complete and box stuff I don't really like I would I wouldn't do that I wouldn't grade a complete in box item because then I can't open it up and play it
0: right yeah totally agree and to me I mean yeah with comic books because I I don't grade my comic books if I get a comic book graded I I there's some like so many double edged swords and so many devil advocates things and arguments that I feel like the people for and against can easily turn on the head and I'm tr- and they're essentially distorting what I want to say about that because for me, I see video games as an entertainment, as a medium to be enjoyed, as a medium to do. It's like, well, what about comic books? So like, I mean, I'm okay with comic books and It's Like, oh, but comic books have to be read. Or why can't you do that? And there's just in many different avenues. You yeah. Know, people can go And that. I would say that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's a rabbit hole I really do not want to dive down right now. But. No, no, it's just, it's you can argue either side. Yeah, you totally can. You totally can. But But my next question for you, good sir. What was some of the coolest things you picked up at this year's PRGE?
1: Ooh, um, actually, let me let me grab my phone because I kind of forgot want, everything that I bought. I want to see the goods. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm okay. Smeagol from freaking Lord of the Rings. Smeagol. <laughs> my precious. Um, so the three NES games that I picked up were Donkey Kong Junior Math, Stack Up, Loose, not complete, Loose, and um, James Bond Jr. for the Ooh. NES. Those were the three that I picked up. Um, now, everything else, uh, I did pick up a a couple of manuals that I needed Batman Returns for uh, the Sega CD. Mm-hmm. Um, also, let's see what else. Um, the Gunslinger Collection for the 3DO, which is a, uh, it's got Mad Dog McCree. Um, uh, one and two and then another game i think is who shot johnny rock and there was a gun that was actually uh bundled with it for a hundred bucks now i thought this was the 3do gun unfortunately it's the sega cd tell ah. or um uh, american laser games gun which still like by itself i think that's like a uh, almost a hundred dollar gun um mm-hmm. so packaged along with the complete and box 3do game uh for a hundred bucks definitely uh, a good deal pretty good um, yeah. I also got a Tekken long box for the PlayStation One. Nice. Um, the Primal Rage banner, which I did tell you about. Uh, I think I got Way of the Warrior for 3DO complete in box. Mm-hmm. A couple of PS3 Street Fighter fighting games, and Athena Five Screw Hang Tab complete in box for the NES. Which I think was only like 50 bucks. I
0: think I remember you posting about your Athena, about your Athena find.
1: Yeah, I, I got that one. And then also um, Kung Fu um, for the NES Complete & Box. Uh, not a five screw hang tab. Uh, I think it was like three screw, but it was, I think it was maybe 30 bucks. Okay. So yeah, not a bad haul, not a lot of stuff, but definitely some stuff I needed for my collection. And there was one thing I picked up for a friend of mine who is my co-host, or co-host on the uh, Gamers Week podcast, uh, Retro Game Brews, there was a game called Beat'em and Eat'em for the Atari 2600. It is a, um, it's an adult themed game and there were a few of them back in the day. Yeah, Uh, there's. This one is sealed and the guy wanted, uh, she's like, it's it's like, uh, we want 160, but we'll take like 150 for it. And Ryan's like, well, let's see if we can get it for like 120 i'm like "Eh, you'd probably have to do that on sunday i was like but i'll i'll try and sunday comes along and i go back to the table and lo and behold there's like there's another gentleman there he's got the game in his hand and he's asking them how much they want for it so she's like yeah we, we, we want 150 and i'm like how about 120 cash right now and she's like uh you have to talk to this guy Big Samoan guy who who's, who ran the table. And oh. I was like, 120 cash right now. He's like, uh, like, ah, uh, lowest I can go is like 130. I was like, 125. Like, right now, here you go. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And I was like, All right, here you go. So for now Ryan's got a sealed copy of Beat 'em and Eat 'em for the Atari 2600. And
0: you were able to snatch the end of the copy from the other guy's hand.
1: Yeah. Once he put it down and like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, while he's making a deal, I'm not just going to butt in and say, I'll give you this. Mm-hmm. I waited for him to put it down and started looking at other things. And I was like, yep. I, then I offered my price. I wasn't oh, okay. going to be a dick. That's that's yeah. Cause motto of the motto of the Thickner podcast. Don't be a dick. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, I want to say, let's see, What was on the, the cool actually hold up. Da, 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 da. There you are. This is—I gotta say—this is one of the coolest things I picked up, and it's the Famicom Minis. Uh, like, so this is Super Mario Brothers two. Okay. So this is what Japan got for yeah, poyo, their. Poyo.
1: NES.
0: No, this is from this is what Japan got when um, Nintendo remade a bunch of their NES games for the Game Boy Advance. Oh, okay. So what Japan did is that they put the game, the the actual cartridge for the game. Inside a replica box of the box art, the original box art for that game and put in this nice like, little plastic cover. And this is Super Mario Bros. 2 for the Famicom disk system, which we Ooh. got here in America as the Lost Levels. OK. And a few places had these. And I thought these are so cool because they come in like this nice little it's, an, uh, one. It's not a, it's a one to one replica of the original box. Unlike here, where it's um, it's just a standard GBA box, but it's black and it has the and it has some form of black box art on it. Even though all the games that came out for it weren't one hundred percent weren't black box games, but I just think this is so cool. And if you take the cartridge out, especially this one, it's just the exact same shade of yellow as the Famicom disc system was in That's Japan. That's nice. And I just think is so cool. cool. Yeah, I got this for about $40, and I went to Double Jump, and they had original Mario Bros. for 25 I thought about picking up the original Super Mario Bros. just so I can have the box, because I think the box art is so much prettier than we got here in Japan, or here in America, I should say. And I was like, nah, I'll, I'll, I'll hold off. Luckily, the, luckily, they had a lot of the Super Mario Bros. ones, so those I'm not scared. Of. But this one I thought was cool, because this is Mario 2. But well, not our Mario 2. And I think not it's not ours. Neat. Not ours, but still I think it's like super, super neat. And also I'm bummed because I feel like we got robbed here in America. Like the instruct like this is complete CIB too. The instruction booklets there. I don't read a lick of Japanese, but it's all there. And it just it's so meticulously crafted and it's so nice. You don't just, need to be able to read Japanese, just use your phone. Google Translate. Very true. Although there is Although there is, some, uh, there is some English text here that says, for sale and use in Japan only. LOL. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. But yeah, that was, um, I got that. And also I got Advance Wars for the DS. Advance Wars Dual Strike. Okay. Yeah, that was a game I've been looking for, but I wasn't supposed to leave with Advance Wars.
1: I was supposed to leave
0: with Luigi's Mansion, but Double Jump screwed up. Oh, what happened? So I'm at the booth. I'm talking to one of the ladies and I find Luigi's Mansion $50. And I'm like, all right, because I also had a, co- a sealed copy of Pokemon Ultra Sun in my hand or an Ultra Moon, I should say. And I'm like, I want this, but I want that. And I had my fire red. I'm like, you know what? I'll just go with Luigi's Mansion. Amy's going to get mad at me if I don't get Luigi's Mansion. So you know what? I'll I do want to try this game. I'll give it a shot. But I open up the case and the game's not in there. And I go, uh, she's like, oh, for those games, we have them up in the front. So you just pay, we'll dig them out, and we'll slot it in. So that Makes way, sense. you know, pe- so people don't steal the games. I'm like, okay, right. cool. But everything, all the inserts were there. It was CIB. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then I see a dual strike. I'm like, oh, but this is another game I've been looking for. Damn it. So I'm just trying to, I, I, like, I weigh the scales. They're both at the exact same price. So I figured, you know what, I'm just going to go with Luigi's Mansion. That's the one I'm really looking forward to. I'll just go ahead and go with that one i go to the front i pay my money they're looking for they're trying to find the game and they can't find it they can't well, find they, luigi's mansion they can't find luigi's mansion they pu- instead pull out a copy of luigi's mansion dark moon and they're like wait a minute did someone buy dark moon Ooh. earlier Ooh. and they're like i think they someone did yeah it's like because whoever found that put in Luigi's Mansion with Dark Moon, and now we have Dark Moon with Luigi's Mansion. So they're like, "Uh uh-oh, we messed up. We messed up some prior person's order. And I'm standing and going, uh, what does that mean? So they look at me and they go, okay, you technically paid for a game we don't have. Is there anything else you want instead? How can we make this right? And I'm like, can we just do like a straight exchange for a game? That's the exact same price. And they're like, yes, we can. Cool. I'll be right back. Pick up Advance wars, dual strike, walk back. They scan it. Totally. I walk away with dual strike instead.
1: Okay. So we're, we're talking Luigi's mansion for the three DS, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, if you look on, if you go by price charting, mm-hmm. um, was there a Luigi's mansion for the regular three? Like just. Yeah. It was dark moon.
0: Mm-hmm. it was a remake
1: okay yeah you're right yeah somebody got uh huh somebody got screwed well no they didn't get screwed they got uh they got the better item <laughs> with a regular luigi's mansion in a uh, in a dark moon case they got bamboozled yeah that's unfortunate yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what happened after
0: that, but I was sitting there like, man, I was I was gonna get this game, but I didn't. But instead, I got a game that I was also really wanting to get. So now I have the original, um, the first three Advance Wars games: Advance Wars One, Two for the GBA, and Dual Strike for the DS. Win win. For me, it's a win win. So yeah. I'm like, I'll t- I'll take it. That's fine. But Absolutely. I just I just found that hilarious because it's one of those because you could tell because I used to work retail when I was younger and even. I can only imagine working retail at a convention, especially when you're running yeah. a booth like Double Jump. That's a bigger booth that a lot of people are going to and they're perusing and they're asking questions and they're talking and not yelling, but you know, you could hear the music and they're raising right. their voices so they could be heard. It was it, at one point in time, it was probably just a like, oh shit, what do we do? But all in all, I mean, they were very cool. I must say all the people I've talked with and the people I've tried to make deals with and buy video games from, everyone has just been like very chill and like, like, Hey, we'll do this for you or we'll do X, Y, and Z for you.
1: Yeah. um, Most of the places that I've gone to, a lot of vendors are like that. There's only been like a handful and and less than a handful of vendors who are very adamant and very strict about what they want to get for their products. They don't care that they're $50 more than what it should be. This is what they're asking for and they're not going to budge. Um, there are vendors the, the type of vendor that I, I hate and despise is the person who has no price tags on their stuff. Oh, So you go up to, and this is something I experienced at Southern fried gaming expo back in July. When I went down there, there was a vendor, a particular vendor there. And this vendor hall was small. There were not a lot of vendors there. And this guy in particular had a bunch of, you know, long box PS one stuff, some, some regular PS one stuff and, and other games, but no price tags on them. So I go to grab a game and I'm like, no price tag. Okay. Um, how much for this? Grabs his phone, immediately goes to price charting. And I'm like, uh-huh. nope. He's like, I, I don't deal with that. But the first time I let it slide, he's like, uh, yeah, 25. Yeah, I was like, uh, can you do 20? He's like, no, 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 not for PS1 long box. Nope, nope, can't do that. I'm like, okay. Next day, come back. I see another game. I was like, I was, like, I was thinking maybe they would have overnight put price tags on their stuff. Nope, didn't happen grab it. I was like, how much goes immediately to price charting. I was like, you know what? Nope. I put it down and just walked away. And he kind of looked at me. And I was like, I'm not, gonna. I'm not going to do that. You know, you need to have price tags on your stuff before you come to a damn convention. Don't yeah. sit there and look up price charting on your phone and tell me that's what you want. And he was strict with price charting uh, prices too. It's mm-hmm. not like he was giving $10 off or $15 off. But like I said, like we talked earlier, you're at a convention, you have to pay to be there. Um, I just think it's a bad habit
0: no it is i think there were a few vendors that i that i saw i mean sometimes some of them did have prices on their games but the ones that didn't they didn't go to their phones they're just like oh no i remember it's either they had a, a booklet like a master booklet where they or right. a, a binder with all the prices they had or i mean of course like if the price was on they're like okay yeah i'll cut you a deal we'll we'll figure stuff out they didn't like the second i agree because the second they pull out their phone they start doing a price charting search i'm like nah, i'm out yeah I mean, I tried the
1: last three sold were like, okay, whatever.
0: I mean, even when I do go at tick conventions, I do try to get as close to price charting as humanly possible. Like, I'm still not super upset that I paid an extra over $5 for Pokemon TCG.
1: Oh yeah, not at all.
0: Yeah, because it's like it's 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 five bucks. It's not that bad. If anything, I'm more mad that I didn't get the better a better looking game for because there's (laughs) this that was cheaper. Yeah, that was cheaper. Yeah, but other than that, um, also the game the game works. I did find this little glitch that was weird, and I was able to contact SideQuest about it, and they're like, "Hey, if the problem persist, I mean." They said, "Hey, try fixing it this way, and I'll let them know if the problem persists." I found a workaround around said problem, so the game still works. It functions. It, I'm able to play the game, which is what I bought it for. Yeah, but at least as far as I can tell, they're like, "Oh no!" I mean, they'll talk to me. It's like, "Hey, I bought this game at this convention. And I finally and I discovered this problem. Is there a way to fix it, or what's the deal?" And then if it keeps persisting and it keeps happening, then maybe they'll like help me out or send me a new copy or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and have you send that copy back and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, like I send them my copy, they send me the new one. And because I, because I was, because I want to support those guys. And I, there's also a few other people down there that, um, I would, while I was talking to them, they're like, these are really cool people. Like there's a store, um, that me and my buddy Scott went to on Thursday. We landed on Thursday and we were exploring Portland a little bit. And there's a store called Top of the Line Games. It was a great store. So much stuff in there, and like the people I was talking to, the the shop clerks were really friendly. They were really cool to talk, talk to. They had this really cute logo with a with a tanuki, like a Tom Nook raccoon, and a, like a coat of arms with a few other video game things. And it was, I was like, man, this is really cool. This is really nice. But you are 100 percent right about those northwest about those northwestern prices because Jesus tap dancing Christ were games in yeah. there expensive.
1: Yeah, and that's I, I saw another tweet, or maybe it was something on Facebook the other day about how um these stores are always stacked with stuff. But there's a reason for that. It's because their prices are so ridiculously high that they can't move the product.
0: Yeah, so. I was. When I was at Top of the Line, when I was at their storefront before the convention started, I was looking at some PS1 games and like, oh, OK, because a lot of PS1 RPGs, they were like 70, 100, 120. Um, they had a 3DS, X, a new 3DS XL that was the Super Nintendo coloring. $800. Mm, yeah. I don't know if it was sealed or not, but the last time I remember seeing one of those suckers, it was sealed. The store that was selling it was one, it's uh, 500 for it. And I was joking with one of my friends. Is like, do you want a PS Five or do you want a new
1: Nintendo Three (laughs) DS? It's like I'll take the PS Five. Yeah,
0: but at the same time, I'm looking at this. I'm like, that's an insanely high price tag, but it's also sealed, never been opened before. So at that point, I'm like, okay, I could kind of forgive it, but still, I don't have five hundred dollars to burn. Right. And if I did, and if I did have that five hundred dollars to burn at that time, it would have gone to a PS Five, not to a Three (laughs) DS. as much as i love the 3ds and i did get a 3ds game so that made me happy
1: probably a better purchase for the ps5 yeah probably better purchase yeah
0: uh, but other than that all in all what are some of the things that you that you look reflect back on on this use prg it's like man what the, to you was it a great convention was it a good convention what was like your feeling after the
1: convention was done for you it was a, it was a good convention. So it was a great convention in 2019 when it was my first time going to one of these things. Um, this one, it was a, it was a repeat. So it was nothing, nothing better, nothing worse, more of the same. Um, I did get to hang out with some friends, uh, the entire weekend. Um, I did get a backstage seat to setting up the blockbuster world championships with Red Ox and ducks in disguise. Um, just a great great overall time. You know, the, the Pacific Northwest is is a place that I love. I love to visit. I, I, my wife and I have even contemplated moving there. Um, the prices, I think just kind of keep us away from the area. Um, but yeah, just a great time seeing people, getting to talk to people, getting to see people with the same mind that love the same thing in the same space, um, sharing what they love. And that, that means a lot.
0: Although you didn't sign my nipple.
1: (laughs) I did not sign your nipple. That was not even supposed to something that was was supposed to be something that happened. That's RGB. He likes to make plans for me and then see if I can uh, deliver on him. But no, I I was not signing anybody's nipple.
0: Donnie, I am so sorry. I had to bring that. So (laughs) when I posted the picture of the two of us, when we finally met each other, IRL at PRG, I want to say it was blue who tweeted back at me and said, did he sign your nipple? And I was very (laughs) confused at that point in time. I had not listened to the latest episode of the gamers week podcast, because when you guys put that episode out, I was already at PRG. I was like, I was listening to shows. I was like, woo stuff. Right. Right. And then when I finally came back home and I started listening to it and she mentioned, and it was blue and uh, retro game Brews. We're talking about you signing people's nipples. I'm like, oh, that's why. <laughs> Happy Gilmore I'm, style. I'm just, I'm looking at it. I'm just looking at my, I'm back in the hotel room. Cause I'm not going to lie. The internet at the convention center was horrid. It's I, I am so glad that all, all my stories were able to go through it. But man, there are times where I, my phone was like exploding when I was on the train to go back to my hotel room. I was like, oh damn, I miss some things. Yep. But yeah, I was looking at the phone and I saw Blue right tweeting me. I'm like, what? And like, every, so many things are going through my brain. I'm like, I know. I was wearing my Super Nintendo jersey. That thing is like, don't get that dirty. Yeah, what I'm not going to write on that.
1: that. <laughs> Please <laughs> don't write shirt, on that. Show me your nipple. I'll sign it. <laughs> the, the nipple will be the O D <clears throat> nipple N N I E G. <laughs> Well, I, I was just glad to meet you in person. That's all
0: I was me happy too. about. Me too. Uh, even though it was for like for five seconds.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was very early. Um, yeah, I don't think I saw you the rest of the convention. I I didn't. I
0: I wanted to message you again to see if you wanted to hang out or something. But at the same time, I was I was telling my publisher when we went to dinner that night, sensory overload. Yeah. Just especially for someone like me, because I was telling him I was a kid at the candy store. I was I was like constantly looking at something like ooh shiny over here, ooh, shiny over there. And I felt bad because there are times I would go one way, my friend Scott would go a different way, but then we just talked to each other. was like, oh no, we're I'm gonna go that way. If you want to do your own thing, go do your own thing. And we would just break off and explore. And yeah. all of a sudden, I'm like at one end of the boot at one end of the convention hall. And I'm just like, what's going on? Where are all the thi- look at all the things? Yeah, it was definitely, definitely a sensory a- overload. Yeah, it was definitely a Doug from Up moment where I go, squirrel! But instead of... <laughs> I... But there was one game I did see and it made me think of you and I'm kind of mad at myself that I didn't message you about it, but at the same time, I thought you weren't going to get it anyways. Okay. Little Samson for eight grand.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course not. I'm not going to spend $8,000 yeah. on Little Samson. While the game is fun, <laughs> don't get me wrong, it's one of the the funner later releases of a nintendo game that they had um no thanks i'm not gonna drop yeah. that much coin on it it was see C- i think it was cib but i just saw
0: little samson eight thousand, and i'm like i know don has been looking for this but at the same time i don't think he has a grand burn. i
1: haven't been looking for it i mean i, I see it all Our, the time i'm not gonna now, be the one that drops that <laughs> much that that drops that amount of money to pick it up
0: I don't think, like because I remember there are times where on the show you mentioned about little Sam, like you, you probably threw some jokes about little Samson, so that made me think it was like, oh, I guess, I guess Don yeah. looking for this one. But yeah, I saw that. and I'm like, yeah, that's not even close, not even for me. Same thing with like yeah. the, the the water seal games that were thousands upon of thousands of dollars. I'm just like, how yeah, about they you?
1: had, had seal Genesis games, and I don't know if they were sealed. Um, but the some of them were complete in box and stuff like that. It's just no thanks. Yeah. Not for me. No, no thanks. But I am super happy with the stuff I got.
0: Me too. Probably should have <laughs> exercised a little bit self-control.
1: No, it's the one time where you can actually go wild.
0: <laughs> it, it it is a time, and I'm telling myself and I am telling myself it's like I had my fun and I had my fun in there. I'm just gonna relax. I'm just gonna enjoy it. And thankfully my birthday is coming up, so then I should be getting some birthday money, and that's going straight back to the savings account. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Donnie, thank you so much for coming on and just uh reminiscing about uh PRG with me, man. It is absolutely it has been it has been a it has been a blast. Um, one more question before we before we end the show today. What is the biggest tip you would give someone? Who is going to PRGE for the very first time. If they listen to this, they go and they start looking into it. They're like, you know what? I'm going to make, I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to save up. I'm going to go to PRGE. What's the biggest tip you have for that person?
1: Uh, don't be so quick to experience everything right off the bat. Um, you're going to have a few days to do that. Wear comfortable shoes, um, stay hydrated and don't be so quick to separate your money from your wallet. Um, just like you said, you, you bought a game for $30, then you went to another table, you saw it for 28 mm-hmm. then you went to a third table, you saw it for $25. do not get involved with that, that fear of missing out, of mm-hmm. not being able to have that game. There are going to be, if, if, it's, if it's not a rare game, there are going to be other vendors that have it, and probably yeah. at a cheaper price. Um, don't necessarily wait until Sunday to pick something up, because it could be gone Mm-hmm. but Sundays are when the deals happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sun, cause I was thinking we're going to wait till Sunday. I was waiting till Sunday, but then when Sunday hit, I was talking to my buddy cause we were going to go back to the hotel room around one to watch a certain football game that was airing that day. So yeah, I would, that, those are some very good tips. I would definitely say that. Yeah. Don't be too quick to, to spend, spend, spend. Cause yes, you do see a lot of really cool things, a lot of beautiful things but just try to take a deep breath, take it all in. And then uh-huh. just like, I would say do like maybe a once over of the convention at first, and then maybe prioritize like, like, cause I came in with a list. I had a list of games. I was trying to find a list yeah. of games I was looking for. And even a list of like, Hey, if I find it and I'm okay with it, I'm going to go for it. Uh, did I find everything on my list? No. Did I find games that were not on my list? Of course I did. <laughs> but def- I would definitely say go, just take it all in and just try to prioritize. And this and another tip I would say is uh
1: bring a big ass suitcase. Bring enough space in your suitcase to get stuff back home. Just Otherwise, you're shipping it. You're you're screwed. Cause I was
0: thinking because I saw so many N64s. I saw the Jungle Green N64 that I've been wanting for years. A guy was selling it for under 200 bucks. And I'm like, and he had the controller too. I'm like, I can do it. But I shouldn't because it's going to take up all the space. And I'm like,
1: damn it all. Yeah, that's kind of a high price anyway for that, because those typically go for like one hundred and thirty in my area. Oh, so when's the next game we think in your area again? (laughs) I'm (laughs) just just talking about Facebook Marketplace. I see people selling jungle green stuff all the time for for that price.
0: Well, unfortunately, here in California, people are a little more on the up and up. Yeah. Yeah, so I if I were to go to my Facebook Facebook marketplace and search for a jungle green n sixty four, they would probably be like two hundred, two fifty, give or take. Man, yeah, because unfortunately I live in an area where people know about electronics. So not yeah. to say that St. Louis doesn't, but I don't I'm
1: it's just a different I mean there there are people who are more willing to get rid of stuff um around here for a cheaper price, uh and not be sticklers for price charting or eBay and what have you. Uh not here. Have you seen our gas prices? Yeah, that's the one thing I do uh, not want to sim- or I, I do not want to experience what you guys have. I mean, come out and visit us by all means, but I, I
0: don't here. Don't it's, it's too expensive. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, that, that's, that's fine. We're also, we're, we're full. <laughs> <laughs> we're so there's so many people here. Traffic has gone up <laughs> as yeah, much no as thanks. I love the state. Of, as much as I love the state of California, I was born and bred in the state. But God damn, there are so many things. Huh, that's i'll a visit topic yeah visit visiting good visiting is very good but anyways donnie thank you again so much for thank coming you. on i of course open invite you uh retro you uh, retro game brews ryan and blue open invite to the show whenever you guys want to come on chat video games you're more than welcome to hit me up sure um but yeah where can people find you on the internet my friend
1: uh, you can find me more pr- uh, primarily on Twitter at Donnie G retro and also with the gamers week podcast. Um, you can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. I do stream seldomly on Twitch. Uh Same name, Donnie G retro. I actually had my first stream last Tuesday in almost six months, six or seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I plan to get back into it a little sparingly. It's not going to be on the schedule that I kept before where I was doing it three or four times a week. It's probably only going to end up like maybe once or twice a week. Okay. Well, definitely go ahead and check them out. Definitely check out the gamers week
0: podcast. It's a fantastic show. There are definitely times I'm listening to the show and I'm like, I got to message message them about it, but then something happens and I forget. And I'm mad at myself. <laughs> Cause there was something you guys were talking yeah. about. I had won- yeah. Essentially squirrel. But also, uh, God damn it, Squirrel again. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> but yeah, go check out Gamers Week Podcast. Go check out Donny G on Twitter. And of course, you can follow me at BenMagin27, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. And you can also uh, find me, Ryan, for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, GoNintendo.com, and of course, co-hosting the Fake Nerd Podcast, which is the channel you're watching or listening or whatever. But yeah, Fake nerdpodcast.com, That's the hub for everything fake nerds. Once again, Ryan, thank you so much. It was Donnie. great meeting you for that split second. I hope to see you again in the future, IRL, and we can spend a little more time than five seconds together. You called me
1: Ryan. I'm Donnie.
0: Damn, damn it! <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. It was Donnie? great seeing you too. <laughs>
0: thank you. At this point, I deserve the nipple. I deserve the nipple <laughs> signing at this point. And it's, it's not gonna a happen nice, the next time. It's not a nice way either. It's going to be written on there vigorously hard.
1: Yep. I'm going to tattoo uh, it. God. Oh, shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. And for now. Thanks, Ben.
1: It was, it was fun.
0: Of course, Donnie. Have a great one. And for now, unpause.